This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Christian. With me always is the Ted to my John, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Hey, John, hey guys. <laughs> yeah, I would love a beer. Let's do, let's do it. I know. Sounds good. It's not too early. You know, it's what, 11 o'clock your time? So, uh, yeah, well, I got to go to work here in a few hours, so I can't. But we're uh, ah, there. While you're watching this, I'll be at work. Ooh. Exactly. Well, folks, you know, let's go ahead and kick things off almost the way we do each and every day. You know, we've been doing shameless plugs for the entirety of the run of this show. What, we're on episode 72 now, I think? And, uh, 71, I think. 70? 71? But, uh, 71. You know, we decided we're going to go away from the shameless plugs, drop just a little mention real quick of uh, Phoenix Media, and uh, you can download the app on your smart TV or mobile device at ngbn.tv. From there, just find the Phoenix Media Channel. You can watch this show and other great shows through that app for anything on Phoenix Media. So with that being said, wanted to dedicate a little more time to our review segment because last Wednesday debuted the premiere of Loki on Disney+. Plus. It's something we've been looking forward to. It is one of those things that uh, you know, WandaVision was... Uh, you know, fun, but weird. And, you know, we really enjoyed the hell out of it just because it was, uh, you know, sort of outside of the norm. You know, we had Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was obviously a little more grounded, a little more uh, Captain America based. But now we're back to the strange and mystical side of the Marvel Universe with Loki. And of course, we got, uh, you know, the first episode, which, uh, you know, you've got Tom Hiddleston back as Loki. You've got uh, uh, Owen Wilson as Mobius A. Mobius. I don't know if that's his middle initial, but it's something. Mobius A. Mobius? Mob. He's mobbing through your city. And uh, of course, you know, works for the TVA, which is the Time Variance Alliance. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, Tone. I enjoyed the hell out of the first episode. Yes, it was a lot of setup to, uh, you know, how the rest of the series is going to play out. But at the same time, if you think about it, the Loki that you get with the series is the Loki who was the big bad from the Avengers, just got caught trying to do world domination, hasn't experienced the events of uh, Thor the Dark World, Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War. You know, so he hasn't become quite the antihero yet that he was in, um, you know, by the end of uh, um, uh, Endgame. No, Infinity War is where he died. He wasn't even back for Endgame. He didn't make it to Endgame, yeah. Exactly. But with that being said, you know, they had a lot of catching up to do with him to get him to the point where, you know, he is that lovable sort of anti-hero again. And I think they handled it really well. Everything down from, you know, the TVA sort of that 1970s look and feel of, you know, a bureaucratic uh, society. 
um, you know, even to what they do in going out and trying to fix the various timelines and how they explain it. And of course, you know, they've got that fun sort of Jurassic Park like cartoon that gives you all of that exposition that goes back to, uh, you know, how time works and, and what they're trying to do to avoid a multiverse, which we know is coming. We just don't know how yet. And yeah. so, you know, Loki episode one for me, I would say a solid eight, eight and a half out of 10 at this point, And just looking forward to where it goes. What about you, Tone? I give it a, I'm going to give it up there with you, man. I'm going to say a nine out of 10, very enjoyable, um, gripped me from the beginning. I love the fact that they recap it a bit. They jump into uh, 2012 events, right? Well, the end game version of it, um, right. as far as when he's caught, um, and then he takes the Tesseract and then it just jumps to him landing and him quoting his exact line, um, of saying uh, that he is the uh, uh, well, he had the first line from the first movie, a glorious purpose. Yes, and and he said all that same line from uh, Avengers, but uh, it was great how it picked up right there, and no one cares. I like the jokes of the uh, the Infinity Stones just being paperweights in the TVA. Time handles differently there. Um, him getting to recap his life and them saying, no, this is what should have happened. This is, this is what's going to happen. And this is what you're meant to do. And he has to witness his mom dying. And then he transports and he sees how he becomes close with his brother after betraying his brother multiple times and then seeing his ultimate demise. And that's scaring him like, Oh, well, how can I change that? Well, in the TVA, they don't want him to change it, but they need his help to, I'll stop him, which I got a feeling it's going to be a, the female version of him. I think it's me, Lady Loki, uh, as they've already kind of spoiled and said that he is uh, gender fluid in this. So yep. that'd yeah. be my thought. Will it be the big bad? I don't know. But uh, the uh, main uh, protagonist uh, going forward might be uh, Lady Loki. Just a thought. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it's not really a spoiler because, you know, they've hinted towards these different things. But, uh, yeah, this version, this variation of Loki isn't meant to exist. So him working with the TVA, you know, obviously, you know, sets him on some new adventures. But, you know, by the end of the episode, they reveal that who they're hunting is another variation of him. Lady Loki is most likely we may even see the old Loki, uh, which was a staple of the comic books for a while as well. And so it'll be interesting to see where they go. But it is Tuesday, which means that tomorrow, episode two will be coming out. Yeah, and we'll have a review next week. But this is definitely a great series. Check it out. It's entertaining from start to finish. Um, sad to know there's only going to be six episodes in this run, but it looks like they're going to be about an 40 plus minutes long. Yeah. I don't think we're getting the short 30 minutes like we did with Wanda. So uh should be a good thing. And, uh, you know, Kudos to uh, Tara Strong being the voice of uh, of the little clock in the uh, show. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, I was reading just before we started the show that uh, Loki is the most downloaded Disney Plus premiere show ever at this point. So uh, yep. it's already wildly popular and for yeah. reasons. Definitely well, worth checking out. So Exactly. With that, folks, we're headed into our commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking TV news. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Behold my precious. 
Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot! Fun surprises delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! Welcome back, folks, to the Proton Pack Podcast. Now, uh, we just finished our review of Loki Episode 1. Looking forward to Episode 2 tomorrow. But with this segment, that takes us straight into the TV news. Bazinga. Call! The cream of the crop! <laughs> hey, baby. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. Hail to the king, baby. Cowabunga. Cowabunga, dude. Well, as we alluded to at the top of the show, this bit of news is for uh, all those Seth MacFarlane fans out there. Hey, Johnny, how about a beer, huh? Peacock has given a straight-to-series order to Ted, a live-action comedy series based on Seth MacFarlane's hit 2012 movie from Universal Pictures. MacFarlane is in negotiations to reprise the voice of the lovable foul-mouthed teddy bear. McFarlane and Erica Huggins will executive produce through McFarlane's Fuzzy Door. The project stems from McFarlane's blockbuster overall deal with Universal. For now, there are no plans for the films Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis to appear in the series, which is expected to be a prequel to the 2012 movie. MRC Films and Universal Pictures' Ted, directed by McFarlane, in his feature helming debut and written by McFarlane, Alex Sulkin and Wesley Wilde, starred Wahlberg and Kunis, with McFarlane providing the voice and motion capture of the title character. And of course, you know, Ted 2 came out uh, a couple of years later. I'd argue just as funny had Amanda Seyfried instead of Mila Kunis, which I uh, don't know why they couldn't get Kunis back considering how closely they worked together on Family Guy, but uh, went back and watched Ted 1 the other day. Still funny as hell. Uh, is this a series you'll be watching, Tone? Oh, definitely. I'll check it out. I mean, it's still done from the same people, so, you know, you can't go wrong, especially gives Peacock more... Uh, this is probably the best place to put it. Like it wouldn't do well on network television, no. but Peacock streaming. Absolutely. I think that would be a good uh, place to put that. So definitely now Peacock just needs to figure out how to get their app onto Amazon fire TV instead of me having to go to my PlayStation in order to uh, access Peacock because it's clean in the ass to do that every time. Yeah, their app is not user-friendly. It's finally on Samsung devices. So if you have a Samsung TV, Finally, you can download the app, but man, it, you basically have to get on your Xbox or your PlayStation just to get the app on there. So it's a little nightmare. It's not even on the Fire Stick or anything, like nope. you just said. It's uh, it's kind of a difficult little uh, thing to to get for some reason. Yeah. 
Well, either way, it will be on there. No uh, release date yet, but we know it's in the works. And, uh, you know, as we get closer, I'm sure they'll drop a trailer and uh, I'm excited for it. With that being said, let's move from Peacock over to Netflix. With uh, Stranger Things' fourth season still in production, Netflix shed a little more information on what fans can expect, including four new cast members. Amy Beth McNulty, best known for her work in Anne with an E, plays Vicky, a cool, fast-talking band nerd who catches the eye of one of the beloved heroes. According to Netflix, Miles Truitt plays Patrick, a Hawkins-based basketball star who has friends, talent, and a good life until shocking events send his life spiraling out of control. Regina Ting Chen plays Miss Kelly, a popular guidance counselor who cares deeply for her students, especially those struggling the most. Finally, Grace Van Dyne will play Chrissy, Hawkins High, uh, Hawkins High lead cheerleader and the most popular girl in school. But beneath the seemingly perfect surface lies a dark secret. And uh, you know, we mentioned a couple episodes ago that uh, Robert Englund uh, finally came in to shoot his part. You know, prior to the pandemic, I thought season four was done, that we were getting ready to uh, you know, have them drop it at a point where it made sense. But uh, they're still working on it. And uh, let's see if they mention when they expect it to come out. Mm, nope. Not a clue at this point. Yeah. I got a feeling this is going to come early 2022. Um, I'd like to see it sooner because, I mean, that cast is just getting older and older, and which is fine. I mean, there is an end date. They said season five was it. But, man, you've got Robert England in it. And it sounds like they're going to be going pretty much high school at this point. My thought, like. This is going to be the trying times of their friendship and stuff. And I'm sure it's going to have to take a jump in time, right? A little bit. Yeah, my guess is it takes place like 1987, 88, season five, probably 1989. So that way the entire series is contained into the 1980s. Yeah. That's a great show. Nonetheless, I'm excited, but this has been a long stretch between seasons though. Oof. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, yeah, as we get more information, we'll be happy to share it with you guys. Well, let's go ahead and move from Netflix over to Disney plus. We know that, uh, you know, the Disney plus Marvel series and star Wars series uh, have been fantastic so far. Well, we've got uh, a, new bit of casting news for another Marvel series. Marvel's She-Hulk series for Disney Plus continues to round out its cast, and the latest edition should prove to be a formidable opponent for Jennifer Walters. It seems that Jamila Jamil from The Good Place has joined She-Hulk in a major role, which is said to be Titania, the Marvel supervillain with strength to rival She-Hulk herself. She-Hulk will center on Jennifer Walters, played by Tatiana Mislani, a lawyer and cousin of Bruce Banner, who inherits his Hulk powers after receiving a blood transfusion from him. However, unlike her cousin, Jennifer is able to retain much of her personality, intelligence, and emotional control when she transforms. In addition to Tatiana Maslany, She-Hulk will star Ginger Gonzaga and Renee Elise Goldsberry, as well as Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner, the Hulk, of course, and Tim Roth as the Abomination, a role he hasn't played since The Incredible Hulk more than a decade ago. Tony, are you excited about this casting news? What do you think about Jamila Jamil? I think it's going to be great. Anything Marvel, especially Marvel TV lately, has been great, fantastic. Um, I just think it gives these characters more of a platform to develop versus just giving them a straight movie. It's going to kind of just build them up a lot more. So I think it's fantastic. And then, of course, you tie in Mark Ruffalo's appearances and stuff. It's going to be great. And The Abomination is back. Um, 
it's it's great that they're able to do this, you know, since Universal has the rights to the Hulk overall. So this is pretty mm-hmm. cool. They don't yeah. have the rights to She-Hulk, which is Apparently. good. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, just 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 the Hulk. So he can't have his own stuff. So these are just other good ways to introduce that. So Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and keep moving on. And, you know, typically uh, we've got uh, a trailer of the week that falls in line with a movie. But this week's trailer of the week falls in line with a TV series headed back over to Netflix. After much teasing from series showrunner Kevin Smith, Netflix and Mattel Television has finally released the Masters of the Universe Revelation teaser trailer. Coming straight from the streamer's Geeked Week series of announcements, the trailer offers a first look at Mark Hamill as Skeletor, Chris Wood as Prince Adam and He-Man, also being accompanied by the best possible song choice for the footage. Speaking of which, you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, get into it now. We're going to go ahead and play this trailer for you guys. It's the trailer of the week. We've seen it, but always enjoying seeing it again. Here is Masters of the Universe Revelation teaser trailer. Time after time, you try to take this castle, but you will never succeed, Skeletor. Call your champion. Joker? Yeah, he sounded like Joker there. know about you but that looks badass it um, looks great a lot of childhood memories rolled back on that one a lot of toys i remember having as a kid uh the animation is wonderful wonderful it, it made me think well, i hope they bring back some other cartoons in that style like teenage mutant ninja turtles or something because holy crap dude that looks good it looks really good and we know, obviously, Kevin Smith is sort of the mind behind this and that he was trying to stay as true to the original as possible. And I think, you know, this minute and 30 second teaser trailer shows just how true it is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously, Masters of the Universe has a huge cast of characters. You know, what, how they'll roll them out throughout the seasons, if they're going to keep it sort of limited for season one. And then we get more and more as the seasons go on. But uh you know, it just it brings me back fond memories of, uh, you know, everything smelling like uh, patchouli oil from Stinkor in my uh, toy box and, uh, you know, all <laughs> yeah. toys. Yeah, it really did. That skunk one, man, he stunk. That he did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and we'll post this up on our Facebook page as well so you guys can check it out on your own time as you need to. But yep. uh, it's posted, ready to roll for you. 
Needless to say, it looks fantastic. It hits Netflix on Friday, July 23rd. So we don't even have that long to wait before seeing it. So cool stuff. And then finally here on uh, TV news, just wanted to uh, make a quick mention of something TV adjacent. Well, on Wednesday, when Loki premiered on Disney+, Plus, you wouldn't have to wonder what kind of snack to serve for your viewing party. The mischievous Marvel anti-hero is taking over Lucky Charms cereal, transforming them into Loki Charms. The usual Lucky Charms mascot is Lucky the Leprechaun, but Tom Hiddleston's trickster is replacing the packaging for a limited edition run of the cereal. The famous catchphrase, phrase, they're magically delicious, has been tweaked to they're mischievously delicious. They're mischievously delicious. They're sold out already. They're already going on eBay for about a thousand bucks. No, seriously? Yeah. crazy. Sold out. Good luck if you got one, eh, but sold out in in the hands of scalpers and collectors now. Well, if I happen to come across a box, I'm picking up a few because, you know, they'd be a fun little display piece, even though not a big fan of Lucky Charms in general. Yeah, no, me either, but definitely a collector's box for sure. Absolutely. Well, folks, that does it for TV news. When we come back, we're headed into the box office report and movie news. So don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few. Welcome back to the Proton Pack podcast, folks. You know, we just finished up with our TV news. We're going to run down a little bit of movie news, but not before we hit the weekend box office report. Well, after being nudged aside by other horrors last weekend, the PG-13 thriller A Quiet Place Part 2 went creeping back into the top of the box office with an estimated $11.6 million. Uh, looks like its domestic total has amassed $108.9 million after three weekends and a uh, worldwide total of $184.9. Fantastic movie. Tony, obviously, you've seen it twice in theaters. Mm-hmm. To add to that. But uh, yeah, Excellent. really no signs of stopping, at least getting out of the top 10 anytime soon. Nope. We would call that a box office success. And that's the most money I've seen at the box office in over a year and a half, it feels like. So yeah. uh, good for that. Great well, news. Nipping on its heels and in second place, the debut. And I know you were there first thing mm-hmm. right? for In the Damn Hype. right. Opened with $11.4 million. Uh, you know, it is. Uh, in the Heights. The- Lynn Manuel Miranda John Chu musical movie I have zero desire to see, but already uh, off to a good start uh, money-wise for those who do want to see it. Yeah, um, I've heard uh, a lot of – there's a couple of people that were fans of Hamilton will like it because it's from the same people. So uh, I'm sure it'll do well. I have no desire to see it either. I'm in the same boat. Um, uh, that would be my thought on it. <laughs> In third place, which is kind of strange because it's a family movie, Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, opened with $10.4 million, which if you look at the top three movies, that means the weekend box office, you know, you're, you're almost at $40 million within the top three. Right. People are going to which is awesome. How do you it's, really feel yeah. about Peter Rabbit 2? <laughs> uh, so Mike, Mike went and saw this with Annabella over the weekend. <clears throat> And they were excited because they liked the first Peter Rabbit. And I'm not going to knock. So I went and saw The Conjuring with Lacey instead. But uh, 
they came out and they're like, it was not as good as the first. And Mike didn't really like it. Uh, Annabella said it was great, but then only to be quoted by her grandma to say, you slept through the whole thing. And she goes, uh, most of it. So <laughs> what, she, what she saw was great, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh man. Oh, in fourth place was the horse sequel, the conjuring, the devil made me do it. Weekend. Of course, it's also available on HBO Max. Tony, just your quick thought on it. Uh, disappointing. Um, I feel the same as you did on a quick review. It didn't have the same flavor as one and two. Had a few spooky moments. It was real creepy in the beginning. And I will say the end during the credits when they played the actual exorcism tape and stuff, that was creepy. But everything else in it, uh, I'm going to have to give it a... It kind of lacked. <laughs> it did. It did. If you want my full review, uh, just tune into last week's episode. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, in the fifth place, we had Disney's Cruella with 6.7 million, bringing its domestic total to 55.9 million. S- surprisingly good. I saw that over the weekend, too. I got to give that one a thumbs up. Now, disclaimer if you're a parent and you might want to explain to your kids a couple things beforehand, stealing is not okay. It's it's not okay to be a bad person. And, but this movie's about a villain for God's sake. It's not about a good person. It shows how she got there. And there's a lot of bad things that take place, but uh, overall really enjoyed the movie. Thought it was good. Good to know. Surprisingly, I, I would probably say, see it at home on Disney plus when it's not a full blown movie. Yeah. Cause it's hard to say, bring the family. Cause you really have to explain the whole Thieving is not okay, but man, do they take Jasper and Horse, make them into some fun characters, man. Interesting. All right. I really liked it. I, I got it. I give props to it. It was a good movie. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And then rounding out the top 10 in sixth place, we had Spirit Untamed with another 2.5 million. You had The Hound <laughs> Next Door, Meet the Blacks 2 with one. Never heard of her. Million. Nope. In eighth place, uh, Wrath of Man, garbage movie with 600,000. <laughs> Ninth place, Queen Bees, 328,000. And then finally, rounding out the top 10, Spiral from the Book of Saw. Spiral? Let's uh, sorry. go already. $305,000. So that's your weekend <laughs> box office report. And opening this weekend, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Not easy yeah. to say, but should be a, a blast. Yeah, I got a feeling that'll be the number one this weekend. And uh, I got to still watch the first one, which I did what? get on. I've never seen it. I you bought it on. It. I bought it on Voodoo for four bucks. So there you go. I have it. I just haven't watched it yet. Now there's no excuse. Well, yeah. folks, that does it for the weekend box office. Let's roll into the movie news. And here we go. Are you the key master? Laugh it up. Fuzzball. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. You're going to see some serious shit. He said shit. He did. So our movie news seems to be all somewhat horror themed, which is kind of interesting. Starting out with this one, cult rocker turned filmmaker Rob Zombie has recently been officially confirmed as the writer director of the upcoming live action feature film adaptation of the kitsch horror sitcom The Munsters. He's such a fan, in fact, that one of his biggest solo hits, Dragula, was literally based on Grandpa Munster's drag racer. 
Now, today, he's gone to Instagram to crowdsource fans on what tertiary side characters from the original should show up in the film. And uh, we'll post this on the Facebook page, but you can see you know, some of the lesser-known characters aside from uh, you know, Grandpa Munster and Lily. You know, we already know that uh, Sherry Moon Zombie will be Lily Munster with Jeff Daniel Phillips as uh, Herman Munster. But no other casting news beyond that. Uh, Tony, were you a fan of the Munsters? Are you going to be checking out this take on it from Rob Zombie? I would say it would be interesting to watch because it's Rob Zombie. I'm sure he's a diehard fan, so he'll give this the uh, love and uh, dedication it needs. Uh, So I'll check it out. I was never a big Munster fan, though. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see his foray into a non-horror movie. Obviously, uh, Munsters was a sitcom, playful comedy. Be interesting to see how he does. So, uh, with that being said, let's move on to our next bit of horror movie news, and uh, it actually is contradictory to something that we almost talked about on last week's show. But uh, Kevin Bacon is set to face Toxie in Legendary's upcoming reboot of The Toxic Avenger. Currently Ooh, in, production, mm. in production with Macon Blair writing and directing, the reimagining of the Troma Entertainment Classic will star Game of Thrones favorite Peter Dinklage as a new incarnation of the first superhero from New Jersey. Jacob Tremblay and Taylor Page are also a part of the movie, and the cast is gearing up to start filming later this month. Kevin Bacon has been tapped to play a sleek, uh, sorry, a slick and likely over-the-top villain. Just last week, uh, there were reported rumors that Elijah Wood would be uh, be boarding the project to play the antagonist, described as the head of a shady company who embarks on a murderous spree to become as powerful as Toxie. It's unclear if this role uh, Bacon has been cast in, but as the call sheet doesn't include Wood's name, it could be that uh, his casting didn't work out or that the original report was erroneous. So uh, I actually kind of like Kevin Bacon in the villain role over Elijah Wood. Um, never really a big Elijah Wood fan myself. No, um, I think uh, I think this project will be great. I think Kevin Bacon being in there as a villain, he was a great villain in the X-Men uh with the first, uh, class, yeah. first class, he was a great villain there. So um, I think he's going to do great with it. I don't remember the early toxic Avenger movies. I know they were trauma. So they were a little weird and, you know, a little probably above what I was allowed to watch at the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, some- they were, they were hard R, if not yeah. X-rated, but uh, yeah. oddly enough, they made a cartoon series that uh, we were allowed to watch. The Toxic Crusaders, right? Yep. <laughs> Toxic Crusaders. So that's I was allowed to watch that, but I was not allowed to watch the trauma one. So that's probably why I'm not too familiar. I've seen a couple, and I'm just like, it's not. Well, and knowing- but this this could be pretty good. I would imagine big name stars, and yeah. it should be fun. Yeah, and knowing little about it will make going into it that much more enjoyable. Absolutely. Um, Elijah Wood did mention, uh, he mentioned how he wanted to reboot like Nightmare on Elm Street and a few other horror movies. And hey, if he was a fan of the series, I'm okay with it. I I want somebody that loves the series to bring it back and give it the love it needs, not the (laughs) crap we got. Well, speaking of uh, a series that uh, needs to come back with the love it needs, And uh, rounding out our movie news, when Disney acquired 21st Century Fox, they gained the rights to the Predator franchise and a 60% majority stake in Hulu. 
The other shareholder is Comcast, who will be selling their stake in the company to Disney by 2024, giving Disney full control and ownership of the streaming service. So it's not surprising to hear that Disney may be... Oh, something there. That was just supposed to be the Predator noise, not... Jumping the gun. That they may be releasing a new Predator film they have. Man, that just keeps going. <laughs> I can't stop it. This rumor comes we from... We have follow on D-Live. Welcome to Team Predator. This rumor comes from the That's folks at ABT button. Galaxy, and their source is Mac Toberoff, the lawyer who is currently representing original Predator screenwriters Jim and John Thomas as they seek to gain the U.S. copyright for the first film, something they can do 35 years after the initial copyright transfer. According to AVP Galaxy, Toberoff mentioned during the court case that the new Predator film is going to be distributed by Hulu. If this pans out, Predator will be joining its old enemy, the Xenomorph, on Hulu. Disney and Fargo showrunner Noah Hawley are working on an alien TV series that will run on the streaming service. So uh, it'll be nice to get a true-to-form Predator version back and uh, maybe straight to streaming with Hulu. What do you think, Tone? I'd be excited to have it back. Um, <clears throat> it's been a long time. Get the sequels all kind of sucked. Like they, every time they announced a new Predator, you got excited, and it was always disappointing. Yeah, I didn't like the most recent one. Uh, the one that had uh, Topher Grace in it and Adrian Brody, I thought was at least somewhat decent, but still yeah, Predators, yeah, one and two. So yeah. All right, folks, with that being said, we are headed to our next commercial and final commercial break before we bring you video game news. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back. All right, folks, we made it to the final segment of this episode of the Proton Pack podcast. We got through TV news. We got through movie news. Yes, it's time for video game news. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? So this past weekend, even rolling into today, to today was uh, E3 2021. And uh, in fact, next week's episode will be dedicated to all of the major announcements that came out of E3. Spoiler alert, there weren't a lot of them, but we'll talk about what there was announced. But in the meantime, with this week's video game news, we'll touch on a couple things, a couple teasers in that regard, and uh, you know, see if we're excited about it. Uh, and I think probably the biggest game announcement, not uh, console announcement, uh, was this one. So as part of its game showcase at E3 2021, Square Enix and developer Eidos Montreal have officially revealed Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, an all-new video game featuring the Marvel characters set to release for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC later this year on October 26th. According to the developer, the title sees the now-iconic Guardians team of Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Groot trying to make a living out in space only to unintentionally cause some major problems of their own. In Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, players take on the role of Peter Quill, Star-Lord, as he attempts to wrangle his unruly band of misfits. This essentially means that you play as Star-Lord specifically during combat and conversations, manipulating the flow of the game's battles and dialogue by making decisions like uh, the Guardians uh, sell Groot or Rocket to Lady Hellbender for cash, or should Drax toss Rocket across to a ravine? 
It's also about uh, more split-second decisions in the heat of battle, like what moves should be used and when. Tony, obviously, you watched the trailer. We're going to post it on our Facebook page as well. You know, at first, I kind of got the sense it was along the lines of what Square Enix did with Marvel's Avengers, but it sounds like you only get to play as Star-Lord, not as any of the tertiary uh, characters in the group. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not sure. It, I think you do just play as uh, Star-Lord. It just says, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, single-player, story-driven, third-person, action-adventure, original Guardians universe. Um it looks like you'll be able to get some outfits. Hopefully you'll get to play as the other characters. Um, doesn't show it's a completely original story. And the soundtrack is going to be a bunch of 80s tunes that they got licensed for. Um, oh, as, so like it'll be, they'll have the option. They have an option to mute the in-licensed game, but it looks like they'll have um, Kiss, Iron Maiden, Rick Astley, New Kids on the Block, and all kinds of different varieties. So um, they got a ton of actual 80 songs, which they couldn't play in the trailer due to licensing, but they did get the license to have uh, the game be all about the music. So for me, it's it's definitely something I'm looking forward to playing. Um, I know the Avengers was a little bit of a disappointment. Graphic-wise, it was great. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun with the uh, Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy game, which you can't get no more. And sadly, I didn't. I bought the entire season, but because they lost the license, I never downloaded the fifth episode. Oh no! And I missed out, so I bought it, but I couldn't download the fifth episode. And even if you go and buy the disc, it sucks because you can only have episode ones on the disc, and you have to download the other episodes, which you can't do anymore. No, so I have one through four. So I don't know how the story ended, but it was a great story up and. Until I got to the fifth, which I was pissed. I was like, ah, damn it. Hopefully so, this will be a re-release down the road. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, be nice. like, you know, this might be a good uh, alternative to that. I think it's great. You know, it was probably, aside from Nintendo, which we'll talk about next week, uh, it was probably the biggest reveal. Um, there was there was some big ones. Again, we'll cover a lot of that next week. But this game, I'm excited for. Um, I'll definitely check it out. And they did just announce on the Nintendo Direct, which took place during uh, the Phoenix uh, show this morning. And uh, this will also be coming out to the Nintendo Switch. So um, cool. unlike the Avengers, which didn't come to the Switch, this will be out on the Switch as well. So. Hey. That's good news. Now, you mentioned, uh, obviously, the music that's going to be in it. Uh, well, switching over to something else video game music related, Ubisoft's 10-year-old Rocksmith franchise will become an interactive music learning subscription service with its next entry, Rocksmith Plus. That's according to an email that guitar maker Gibson let slip before Ubisoft could announce the video game at its E3 keynote on Saturday. Per the marketing email, Ubisoft is apparently partnering with Gibson again as the company's Epiphone, Kramer, and Gibson models of acoustic, electric, and bass guitars are specifically mentioned as compatible. The closed beta on PC will also begin soon with registration open today. Well, it looks like uh, that was as of three days ago, which is kind of cool. Newcomers and returning musicians will find an expan expansive library of songs in Rocksmith Plus's catalog. The program's riff repeater, which can control a song's speed to help players practice, also returns. The first Rocksmith launched in 2011, but only for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. 
That was followed two years later by Rocksmith 2014, considered a replacement rather than a sequel. That game launched for PC platforms in addition to two other consoles and their successors. You know, if I was going to learn guitar, this would be the perfect way to do it. You know, you learn notes, you learn, you know, on songs that you know and love. And uh, it's a really cool sort of interactive way to do all of that. Oh, it's fantastic. It's uh, if I would have stuck with it, it definitely would have taught me some. I've, I've fiddled around with it. I do have it. Can't say I've played it a whole lot, but uh, it is something I do own. Um, I think the fact that it's a subscription service and now you can do it on your iPhone and stuff is it's probably better because now it's on the go. You don't necessarily have to prop in front of the console. You can kind of go wherever. And if it teaches you some basic stuff and gets you to pick up the guitar, then that's awesome. Yeah, and I would assume there's some sort of you know iPhone or console peripheral that uh, you know you plug in that you then plug the guitar into, so that way it recognizes the notes you're playing and and all of that stuff. And uh, just a, a really cool idea and uh, well overdue for those you know looking to learn music. Yeah, I think it's a great call. It's uh, definitely would recommend it. So. All right, uh, moving on from Rocksmith to an announcement that I know you were excited about, Tom. Konami had a hit on its hands when releasing a licensed arcade game based on The Simpsons way back in 1991, when arcade dens were still thriving. Now, three decades later, Arcade 1-Up announced at E3 2021 that Bar Simpson and his family are making a glorious return to the arcade scene with an upcoming colorful cabinet. It's pretty remarkable to think that The Simpsons is still relevant. Created by Matt Groening, The Simpsons first aired as a series of shorts in 1987 before being upgraded to a full-fledged standalone cartoon series in 1989. This cabinet uh, looks to be right around the uh, $500 mark. Uh, it is not on sale quite yet. It goes uh, actually on pre-order on July 1st. And uh, Tony, it might be just what you need to get into the uh, arcade one-up cabinet uh, realm. 500 bucks is a lot of money for just two games. That's tough. I, I don't know if I would jump on board with that one. If that was more priced around the $300 mark, I could see that. Um, Turtles was about 400 and now they're re-releasing Turtles as well, but they're doing it in the Turtles in Time cabinet this time. Yep. But it'll still include both Turtles 1 and 2 in it, although it's uh, going to be Wi-Fi. So now you can play with all your friends or you can play with other people oh via Wi-Fi which you couldn't do on the last one. Simpsons will be the same way, four-player cabinet. Uh, these are great. They're neat, but gosh, they're expensive just for what you get. I mean, you want to get like what you got with the Street Fighter, where at least there's 12 or 13 other games on there. So mm -hmm. that way you feel a little bit better about dropping the money versus like ugh, two games, which – they haven't even announced that it's Simpsons bowling, but you can tell by the rolling ball in the middle because it says the Simpsons and one other game, Simpsons bowling, right. which was also done by Konami. Like it makes perfect sense. You're already paying the licensings for one. You might as well get the other in there. And Well, and the good news is, you know, there are companies that make Raspberry Pi upgrade kits where you can get more games on it and basically, uh, you know, utilize what you need to, which is something I plan on doing down the road. But Maybe not before uh, the cabinet that I've been waiting for for God almost a year now. The X Men one still hasn't even seen the light of day. Well, guess what? They just announced that is going on pre-sale on July fifteenth. So, Finally, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. That's one that I'm going to be adding to the collection. So I've got a two person, I'll have a four person, eventually get a pinball cabinet, upgrade all of those and have some fun with it. But uh, needless to say, folks, that does it for today's show of the Proton Pack podcast. As always, follow us online anywhere you get social at Proton Pack podcast. And Tony, what do you want to leave the folks with today? Uh, same thing as I usually do. Thank you so much for watching. We appreciate it. Uh, please give us feedback. Uh, continue to like, subscribe, and uh, you know, check us out and uh, you know, support us in all endeavors. But uh, let us know what you want us to cover on the Proton Pack, and we'll do it our best to cover it. But until next week, we'll talk about the uh, Nintendo E3 and more. So we'll see you next week. Peace. All then. I am. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Wow. Mommy, where's Fluffy? Goodbye.